0: To Friday Breakfast with Phil and Kirsty, part of the Future Positive podcast, powered by Capitalize. In this bite sized weekly edition of the Future Positive podcast, we will take you through the key stories of the week that are impacting small businesses and their trusted advisors. I'm your host, Phil Hobden, Head of Customer Education and Engagement at Capitalize. And as always, I'm joined by Kirsty McGregor, founder of the Corporate Finance Network and Capitalize's very own accountants in residence.
1: Good afternoon, Kirsty. I've done it again, Good. haven't I? I'm yeah, giving it, afternoon. I I'm I'm um, well, away. I'm about to tell you what I've been doing today. So I couldn't have been doing that at half past seven in the morning That's on Friday. That's true.
0: That's true. Obviously, we record this on a Thursday evening. So if any news story breaks uh, of significance between now and Friday morning, sorry. It's just how it happens sometimes. Um, so, how, how's your week been?
1: Good. Really busy. I feel like, you know, we're really well into 2022 now. The tax return season doesn't seem to be as panicky as. As it has been in previous years, as we've got a bit of an extension from HMRC as well. So, I uh, spoke to a firm this morning actually, went to see a firm in person this morning. Wow. So exciting. And uh, and they said they've not told their clients that the extension is <laughs> in <their> February. <fund> anyway. <laughs> but I think the clients might be finding out because emails are going out from HMRC. So, firms are dealing with that in different ways. So, yeah, hopefully the pressure's off a little bit.
0: Nice. That's always good, right? It's like uh, it's nice to see HM- HMRC supporting accountants and making their lives. A little easier, albeit again, you kind of think that that I always think that small business owners should be better at doing it. But yeah, hey-ho.
1: one of the firm, one of the firm this morning, one of the partners said, "Well, you know, when they find out it's February, they won't send it until the very last minute in February." This so. is it. Like extending yeah. the deadline doesn't
0: make people do things quicker. What it does is it makes people put it off and have the same problems, but just moving it to a different month. Thus <laughs> compounding does. the issue. Yeah. Um, well, look. We're here, as always, to talk about the key stories of the week. So what has grabbed
1: your attention today, Kirsty? Well, um, this morning, Thursday, they announced the new inflation figures, which are not, you know, great for businesses. Um, inflation in December was uh, was over 5%. Um, I'm not going to talk about that one in any detail because everybody else will be talking about that and, and we try and cover a few different stories. But um, clearly, it's it's an ongoing issue. And I'm sure we have touched on it in the past and I'm sure we'll be touching on it again But today, um, I'm going to start with um, a story about Amazon. Um, So you will have heard prior to Christmas, um, Amazon had put an announcement out that it was going to stop accepting Visa credit cards, not debit cards, but credit cards, because Visa were putting the charges up to their sellers, i.e. Amazon. And Amazon decided they weren't standing for this.
0: Are you telling me that the world's biggest retailer and the world's biggest credit card company may have come to a solution
1: well not yet but Ah, the solution is is hopefully in the pipes because um emily not it good really that amazon stood up to them because the small business on the high street cannot fight visa and their charges and the yes because as consumers we do pay those charges as well or the supplier you know the, the suppliers that we use do um, but also so do the business businesses on the high street and the restaurants and so on. And they're also getting hit with massive charges and they could never have fought them. So at least Amazon have done the good thing, I think, for the whole business community and stood up to Visa and said, we are not having this. And what we're going to do is we're just going to stop people paying by Visa credit card. So clearly that sent um, everybody into a bit of a frenzy. Uh, at visa and now um it was supposed to come into effect uh, yesterday actually as we as we're recording on the 19th of january um so very last minute decision but it was announced earlier this week that um, that wasn't going to be the case so you could still pay by visa credit card on amazon whilst they are coming to some sort of solution so hopefully if they are adapting their fees or their structure or whatever is causing the problem this can also be passed on to other businesses and it not just be a benefit for amazon uh, but i just thought that was quite interesting that amazon appear to have won against visa but we will see we haven't had a definite outcome yet
0: i i would have always if i was a betting man i would have always said that, that the world's largest retailer would probably win that fight right because it's for for the consumer. A consumer's not going to say, "Oh, do you know what? I'm going to stop shopping without Amazon because I can't use my car. What a consumer's going to do is just go out and get uh, a, a conveniently advertised um, Amazon Mastercard. I'm guessing to go out there and do the uh, yeah. job for them. So
1: funny that, so,
0: isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. But actually, yeah, it's nice to see. um It's nice to see them relating Now, if only uh, if only American Express would lower their charges and actually have that accepted in a few places, that'd be nice.
1: Uh, not everybody's problem that one people some people can't get amazon uh, can't get american express cards can they but (laughs) anyway not me but you know what i'm saying middle class problems phil middle class. yes
0: yes no absolutely absolutely um actually i'm going off piece slightly but the american express was the first credit card i ever had and i had it proudly as my first ever credit card and then i remember taking it around to like hundreds of shops and nowhere taking it and i was just like what is the point of this
1: well, it's, it's got inter- better it's got a lot better yeah yeah Interestingly, better. talking about you know the amount of uh, percentages it turns out that 89 uh, percent of british consumers shopped on amazon so this is a big deal for visa so that's um
0: that's really yeah, a that's a lot of record. money that visa don't want to lose out
1: yeah definitely uh next story um is about startups or um accelerators actually and um this article has been written by sifted by um a journalist called Isabel Woodford uh, on Sifted, who has, um, in, in conjunction with uh, Bohurst, the research um, agency, has ranked the best or the most active UK accelerators. And that's important, I'm saying UK, because some of this list, you will think, where are the big players? Where's Microsoft in here? Where's some of the other big, big names that you'll know? But it's UK's owned um, accelerators. And they've ranked them, and I and I quite like this because I didn't realise that there was this many accelerators in the UK. There are um, over 200 accelerators in the UK, or nearly 200 200, um, and clearly following what they do in Silicon Valley and in, in California, where venture capitalists put some money into these very very early stage businesses um, and support them to grow, so that ultimately you know they'll be able to sell that that uh, shareholding on and make and make a gain on it. Um, so they've ranked the accelerators um according to the percentage of portfolio companies that have gone on to raise external funds um and also um the percentage of startups that have raised more than 40 million and are still trading to this day so they've they've only used the um longer established accelerators in order to get that history so they've looked at uh, the, the accelerators between 2011 and 2018, and then looked if those businesses are still trading today. So not all the names are on there that you would expect, but um, but that's the reason why not. So Technation came out top, upscale, accelerator, and then PwC have got a program going um, on, um, as have most of the banks, Barclays have got one, and uh, NatWest have got one. So that was quite, quite interesting to look at that list. Um, I quite liked the um, the one that was I thought was was not top of the list, but I think really successful because a lot of these accelerators, such as Tech Nation, ninety six percent of the businesses in that accelerator had already raised finance before they've gone into that accelerator yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know they're quite they're quite good yeah, tech nation tends
0: to yeah it tends to take like the second level of yeah of, but they're great i mean i've I've worked with um i've been part of businesses that have been part of tech nation and and they're a they're a great accelerators really really good yeah
1: yeah and uh, but clearly they take the you know the cream of the crop what i liked was this um innovation to commercialization of university research nice uh, nice catchy. catchy title yeah um supported by innovate uk who we know well only three percent of their businesses had raised finance before they went into the accelerator but since they've joined the accelerator 53 percent have raised finance um so i thought and there's, there's 79 attendees in that seven-year period so it is a little bit historic now because obviously we're four years on from 2018 but um i like that one i like the fact that they've they've made a difference and of course what i also like I always like watching this sector the european space agency business incubation center Ooh. so you'll be into that phil won't you yeah i bet I
0: bet, I, I bet there's some cracking stuff coming out of that i love i love oh. that kind of like science tech and stuff and actually you've got a bit of a tech theme in your stories this week haven't you because your next one is gaming i mean what a week for for gaming for anyone that doesn't know like um you know one of the biggest acquisitions in gaming ever when microsoft have, have kind of Gone out there to buy um, Activision um, and Blizzard for sixty-five billion dollars. Yeah. No, no spare change there. So you've got yeah. a got a couple of tech story. You have got a tech story as well, Kirsty. I believe. Yeah.
1: So I mean, if you've got teenagers, I've got a few teenagers in the house, and I'm well aware of the gaming world um, only because it costs me money usually. Uh, but it keeps the kids quiet, you know. But actually, it's a it's a booming sector for businesses, and um, some accountancy firms are really starting to focus on this sector. So I, and you know, I love the regional stories as well, where good things have happened outside of the Southeast and London and EA Sports, who you will know if, if you're been um, watching any of the FIFA stuff, EA Sports um, have set up a performance and education hub in Sunderland in the Northeast, which was thought was a great story. And um, it's kind of a bit of a university college specialism starting to happen in this sector. And also, I looked, the coincidentally um, this week as well, Emma Jones, who you'll know of Enterprise Nation, uh, commented and, and shared an article about the fact that B- British teen tycoons are building the metaverse. Um, we apparently are becoming a real um, nation of, of experts with young coders, creating programs which are then going onto a platform called roblox now i know roblox because my oh yeah, I, I know daughter in particular cost me money yeah with robux which is the yeah. currency that you use to buy either games or or accessories to help you play these games um uh, on the on this platform so it's a bit of a virtual world which i remember hearing about this my son is 18 and i remember when he was about nine going to a Kind of uh, internet safety course at his school and learning that there was going to be these virtual worlds and I was so so nervous about it like oh my goodness this is bizarre but actually it's just become a way of what we do in the house you know the kids are playing these games and and um, these these kids are created, you know teenagers or or young adults are creating these all um, you know, these programs and these games to go on this virtual platform. Um, and, you know, Minecraft is also a huge game out there. And then we go into this metaverse. So we know Facebook have changed their name to Meta. Um, but people are building, including Disney, and including a, a company that we're about to interview in a couple of weeks on the podcast. They're, they're buying land in the metaverse and creating worlds for their brand. So Disney are creating um. A a virtual experience of a theme park, and the company that we're going to be interviewing in a couple of weeks are creating um, a storybook version of their brand to be out there uh, to be able to access online, and it's it's all this you know blockchain, bitcoin, meta. It's all it's all been growing really fast this year, and I think we're going to see a lot of other businesses take advantage of this and use their brand to create other products and. other ways of reaching consumers fascinating
0: interesting isn't it i think um it's so much always um you know there's always so many stories around this funny enough i was my story of the week is is not a million miles away it's it's a it's a um crypto uh bitcoin story and it's just um uh, there are now going to be new laws to tackle misleading crypto asset adverts and actually i think this is a this is a really important one right i know um this is becoming more and more of a thing hmrc i read an article today talking about you know if people don't declare crypto currency um profit that they are leaving themselves open for potential prosecution um you know and apparently 2.3 million people in the uk own some form of crypto asset which is a huge amount really um but it's completely unregulated as an industry so it's gonna be um the government plans to legislate qualifying crypto assets and these will be subject to the fca rules in the same way that other financial promotions such as stocks shares and insurance products are and i think this is a really positive move to kind of move kind of what is a bit of a a wild west um in regulation and wild west in 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 terms of just the industry itself in something that's a little bit more yeah governed monitored and secure because ultimately you know this is an industry that's rife for people um uh kind of abusing it my other yeah. quick story really quick story I don't know if you're a TV fan that we have any TV fans watching um but uh The Apprentice and Dragon's Den are back on a Thursday night um in the UK and it's become my favorite no, getting
1: obsessed. you talked about this last week did you're I obsessed. did I really uh, We're obsessed I'm obsessed with The Apprentice, obsessed
0: with the apprentice Kirstie you're talking about um, that logo Yes, that no, that's it. Well they followed the logo up by designing a toothbrush that was basically the same as the logo so it looked like well I won't say what it looked like but it it didn't look like something you wanted to put your brush your teeth with put it that way um so uh, so again The Apprentice really is must watch TV uh so but from a business perspective I think there's loads to pick up and one of the things that I'm finding really interesting about Dragon's Den is the new dragon um this this uh, younger guy that, that's come from a, a a kind of um Instagram and and social marketing background who who really is completely changing up the like dragon's den and and taking the kind of more stuffy end of the den and, and and kind of adding this kind of much younger area to it it's fascinating seeing those two different ideas and business approaches manifesting to these like businesses looking for investment so it's it's really really interesting good tv around that one at the moment
1: the bbc going to recruit you soon
0: <laughs> maybe um so look quite a, quite a tech heavy week this week quite a lot of tech stories out there yeah, pretty fun, pretty good fun yeah no it's good and you know i think um i think it just shows once again that, that it's an interesting space uh to, to 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 talk about so look for those of you new to capitalize we are a funding and capitalized platform designed to support accountants to build healthy balance sheets and relationships with their sme clients um, next Tuesday, we will be releasing our latest interview podcast with Simon Chaplin from the Accountants Mastermind, where myself and Kirsty will discuss bottlenecks, dyslexia, and supporting accountants. That was a really interesting one, where like um we we're talking about like writing books, and and I, I remember that. it was a, it was a really really good interview. Um, and obviously, uh, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, don't forget to rate and review us in all the usual places, and of course, subscribe. To ensure you get future episodes as they arrive hot off the press. For more about the podcast and about capitalized, please check out capitalized.com. And just to say thank you for listening, and we will be back next week with more stories and, and maybe like slightly less apprentice next week, Kirsty. Yeah,
1: let's not mention the
0: apprentice again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Next Don't forget to check out the interview. Take care, bye bye.